Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. It is my privilege to welcome you to the Build Your Success Podcast today. Here, the Build Your Success Podcast. We like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching, training, and speaking events, but we also do that through amazing guests that we bring to the program. I have got a three-peat visitor. I mean, I, this is the first time I've invited someone for a third time on the podcast. Very <laughs> few people have been two times, but Michael's made it to the third time, and, and it's because he's released a new book. I've introduced Michael before, but I'm going to ask Michael to introduce himself. So my name is Michael Bowman. Um, I started a company three years ago called Bowman Legacies, where we coach uh, leadership within organizations to help them to lead on a higher level and lead more strategically. But we also help on that personal side because we really, truly believe that if you learn to lead on a higher level, that's going to help you at home. But if you if you learn how to be a better person and how to grow and get past some things, it's going to help you at work, too, because we really don't believe there's two separate lives that we live, the one at work and the one at home. There's just life and in it is work and in it is home life. So we really just kind of basis that and we do all kinds of coaching from coaching superintendents to lead on a more of an efficient way, um, teaching some of them that are a little bit gruff around the edges to teach them how to we have a thing called verbal counterstriking and teaching them how to talk to people how to guide and lead people so that they want to follow them. And then we've coached many, many people in their personal lives to help them to either level up in their career or help them to get over a hurdle in their life that they're facing. So uh, the reason why I'm on today is because I, I wrote a new book called Leading from the Middle. I have it right here. It has our logo on there. And um, Brian, thank you for having me on the show, man. Well, I want to ask you about that logo later, but let me ask you first the signature question. You've answered it before. You've got more experience today. I want to hear a different answer today. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Michael Bowman? Leadership is a lifestyle. It is not a destination. Leadership is something that we will constantly and continue to be aspiring for more. You can be a football player, and if you're a 40-year-old professional football player, you're the old man. You're the old man. You can be a professional fighter. And if you're 40 years old, you're the old man. You can be a professional ballerina. If you're 30 years old, you're the old lady, you know, or you're the old man. But leadership is a lifestyle that can continue to go on and grow. And it's something that you as a human, anyone can do it. Everybody's a leader because we ultimately lead our own lives. And then we help other people, whether it's our kids, our spouses, or the people that we work with. And so leadership is a long-lived lifestyle where we're not looking for some clandestine destination. We're looking for higher heights of being able to lead on more of an efficient level so that we can become more successful in life. Michael, love that. Knew you were capable of another definition of leadership. Everybody I ask, it's a different answer. We, I call it D, leadership DNA. We all lead differently and we're all led differently. And that is an amazing thing. So, so back to this, this logo you know, it's on the cover of the book. Uh, for those that are watching on YouTube, I have my copy too here. Uh, but it, but it's a shield. And it, I just love what that embraces. Tell us why you chose a shield as a logo for leading for the middle and Bowman Legacies. We really truly believe that when we're 
coming into a client's life. Her very personal and raw things end up showing up. And a lot of the times people don't like to tell you your personal problems because they're afraid of what you think. For us at Bowman Legacies, we, we're not afraid of your mess. We're not afraid of anything that you're going to tell us. And people are always so shocked when they, they'll they tell me something or they'll divulge something to Anita and, and they're, they're, they're waiting for that <gasps> shock and awe moment. And they just don't get it from us. All they get from us is, okay, you have my sword and shield. Now that I know that you are wounded, I'll hold my sword and shield over you and I'll help you get to the place where you can stand on your own and move forward. But I am not wavering in my task towards you. We, we hold a tremendously huge wealth of responsibility. And it's such a powerful thing to us that you would allow us into your life in such a way that you're trusting us. And we take that so extremely seriously that we said, you know what? We're linking shields with you. We had to have that sword and the shield because we're going to war with you, whether that's against old mentalities in your organization, those golden calves that we can never come off of and trying to usher in a new culture, or if it's, you know, growing a leader that's been stuck in, in, in this one way for a long time, or it's getting deep inside of your subconscious and understanding why you do the things that you do and helping you in some of the darkest stages of your life. I love that about the logo. You're intentional about your logo. I spent time and thought on mine as well. And ours is about going forward and advancing forward. So it, it's good to know when people actually give some thought into their logo and how that's going to represent that. Well, listen, for my listeners, I want you to understand, I believe this is going to be a two-episode podcast, so we're going to have to talk about mental health, job site jerks, stay tuned for that, getting in the trenches, focusing on one problem at a time, and a host of other things, so this is going to be a two-part segment, because I know Michael and I are going to cover a lot of ground, so stay tuned for part two of this, we're going to dive into the questions for part one now. You have talked about leadership. You have talked about why you have the shield and sword. But why did you decide to write a book about this? So the book starts off at 3 a.m. in the morning. And I get a phone call from an employee that I loved. I still love the guy. And um, he was in a bad place. And he had a firearm and he's ready to take his life. And I'm in the Midwest and there's not a thing I can do about it. And I know the next word that comes out of my mouth, if it is so much as even that much of a lie, I've got a front row seat of hearing this man take his life. And it was a powerful moment in my life. I can't say that I haven't been here before. Um, I walked past a, a, v, um, a veterans hall and uh, there was a Marine Corps sitting in his car and he had a, a nine millimeter Glock. I got to see a good, good look at that Glock in his car. He was getting ready to take his own life. And I uh, sat with him for a better part of two hours until I could get the gun from him. And so I've been here before. So I knew the actions that I needed to take and I needed to be intentional about it. You know, so often we feel as though that if, if we're not the president, and I used to think this all the time, brother, if, I thought that if I wasn't the president of an organization, I couldn't make lasting change. And that my actions mattered little as long as I showed up to work and I did what I was supposed to do, but my words and my actions didn't matter. If I had still thought that at this point, that, that man, it, it would have been dire circumstance. And to be in that moment, what I, I keenly understood that everything that I had said to this person in my work relationship with them mattered. Every bit of work we did together, every bit of grease we got in together, every bit of um, how we did things, every phone call, every meeting, all mattered. And even though I wasn't the president of the organization at the time, 
And, and, and the president that we had of that organization is one of the most inspirational figures. He, he, the way that he can talk to people is unbelievable what he's capable of doing, but he was not there. He was not there to help me in that moment. I was very much by myself. And the thing that I had to lean on was my own integrity, my merit. And that made all the difference in the world. And I'm telling you, if you're watching this right now, you've got to get out of that mentality of always complaining about upper management and just worrying about your actions. Be concerned about what you're doing because it matters on a level you never thought possible. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Let me just back up a minute because you did say about the leaders. You know, often we, and I say we talking about frontline supervisors, the old crusty hardheads in the, in the field, we expect a lot out of the human being that's the head of the organization. They oh, can't do. be everywhere. They can't do everything. The reason they have a team is because they need a team. And yeah. sometimes they don't realize that. And sometimes the people in the field don't realize that. that. Hey, we're here to, we're in this together. We're holding each other's shields and swords. We're fighting this battle together. So I appreciate you bringing that up. This macho man syndrome, man, that, that we have in our industry, and, and you use the military uh, Marine as another example. How do we overcome this and, and recognize these human beings need support? We can't avoid the, the mental health crisis that we have. In fact, we know that it's high in, in military. We know it's high in construction. But I heard recently in the last 10 years in, in society, suicide has increased over 25 percent yeah we have got to address this problem yeah what are some ways that you see we as an industry can help our brothers and sisters in the field to where they don't think the answer is to take their own life you know when you and i were coming up like a little bit longer in the beard than some of these people that are listening a little longer in the tooth as they say and little white hairs here you know we were always told to put up and shut up we were always told to do as i say not as i do uh, you know, that we could be easily replaced and all that kind of stuff. And I get all that. But what we have to keenly, leaders have to keenly understand this, that we ask for our people to be more with us than they are with the ones they love. And for those of us, especially that are presidents of organizations, these people are making our dreams come true. They're building our legacy and we owe it to them to do more than we've ever done before. And it shows, it shows in the statistics about recruiting and retention and the nightmares behind that. But yeah, like you said, just the mental health thing. The other thing I really believe is that we have, especially in this nation, a sick fascination with perfection. You know, we see it through the selfies. We see it through uh, movies and television. I mean, look at how many movies that are out right now. One of the most popular things to do is if you're the one man killing machine, like Keanu Reeves films, like I, I love John Wick movies, but they're absolutely unridiculous. Uh, they're ridiculous. Here's unrealistic. I think it's the word you were looking for. Yeah. Yes, they're unrealistic. You know, Jason Statham just came out with a new one called Beekeeper, and it's all, and everybody has one now. Now it's popular to be a leading man and have a one man show. I kill everybody. Movie. 
And it, if it wasn't popular, they would be doing shows about, you know, skunks, if that was skunks were popular, because that's what makes money. And we have this fascination that if I am less than perfect, I can't tell you because one, I'm going to get judged. And now I've got to rest on that. And that's got to stay here. Look, the, the wolves, wolves know how to hunt. And they know if they can separate you from the herd and seclude you, they can take you down. And the first thing they want to do is pull your head down because they know if they can control the head, they're going to control the body. Same way it goes for us. When we allow ourselves to get excluded, the wolves of our mind start to get our head involved in such a place. And we start to gravitate towards the things we focus on. And unfortunately, we end up going down a rabbit hole. And I myself have been there. I have almost taken my own life. I had been suicidal in my own life. I know what that's like. I'm not trying to be provocative or rough when I say this, but I know what a firearm tastes like in my mouth. I do. And, and it's, it's something that I'm not ashamed of because it's part of my human experience. And what I want you to know is if you've contemplated suicide, you're listening right now. If you haven't heard it this week, I'm going to tell you something. I love you. And I don't have to know you to say I love you. So if you hadn't heard it this week, Michael Bowman and Brian Brogan, we love you. And we really believe in you. And you have greatness within you. You got greatness within you because the good Lord put it there. If you don't want to believe in the good Lord, that's fine. The universe, whatever. Every human being I've ever counseled met has got some form of greatness within them. And that greatness was there so that you can move forward in life and others can too. And there are people who love you and you can make a difference in this world and in yourself. And you absolutely can get through this. Just focus on doing the next right thing. And what we can do in this industry is start to train our leaders to recognize those key moments, those key things that people go through and they show subconsciously without even being aware when they're down. And we need to have mental health programs evolved where people can quickly, easily transition into counseling if they need it. This is one of the hardest resources. I have a friend right now who's in the United States military. The United States military. He's been in there for most of his life. He's moved his family all over the country. He's been to Afghanistan. He's been to um, Kuwait. So I think he's had two or three tours uh, overseas. And he called me about counseling. And he... He can't get counseling on his base. Thousands of people on his base. There are three counselors. He can't get counseling provided for him. So we as organizations need to take it a step ahead. We need to be ahead of the game and say, hey, you know what? We ask so much of our people. There's so much pressure, especially in civil construction and mining. And what we need to do here is to focus on giving our people and let it be known a direct pathway and help HR, help safety, and help our leaders be able to transition people quickly so they can get the help they need in real time, not until it's too late. Michael, you say that. I, I could go a host of different ways with, with that response. It, there's just so much there. But I'll say this. A lot of the people that listen to my podcast, they're in this blue-collar industry, construction workers, we are tough people. We, we have to be. I mean, yeah. you got long hours, the, the, all the environmental, the heat, the cold, whatever the weather is in the, in the field, you have all those impacting you. The stress, the job sites, they all have to be all done on schedule and budget. There's a pressures from those things. And then we like to razz each other. I mean, we just, and, it, and there's, there's fun in that. But man, when we start razzing each other about mental health, we got to be careful about that. In fact, you said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. 
I was taught, leave my emotions in the parking lot. Leave your emotions at home. You know what? That's impossible. It is. In fact, the first time I went to an event and they had an emotional intelligence speaker, I went, oh, man, come on. I'm at a construction event. What's this, what's this guy going to speak about emotions? What's this fluffy stuff? And, and, and now that I understand it, and I had the emotion to, to, to not wanting to do that, right? That, that was about, here I am in my uh, self, by high, highest self, and I'm having a raw emotion about the speaker. There, we all, we're, we're human beings. We have emotions. Yeah. We have to recognize that. And the intelligent side of that is to control those emotions. And if we can learn in the, in the construction industry, blue collar world, to help each other, support each other, hey, there's going to be some banner. It's fun, but you got to keep that on the level. Keep it in the in the boundaries where we're not offending each other, man. So, so let, let's dive down that. I do have this here because in your book, you talk about what I call a job site jerk. Yeah. Uh, they're there. I mean, and, and I got told when I first started, we need you from the shoulders down. Yeah. I've heard the same, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know what? At the time, that's probably all they did need me for. But I think we got to encourage the new workforce. We need you to think. We need you to do more than dig a hole or dig a trench or form concrete, whatever your task is as a, as a craftsman. We need more. We need you to think. So how do we, these job site jerks, that's what I'm talking about. How do we prevent these job site jerks from being the only voice being heard? So that's really difficult. And in this book, um, I could not respond negatively worth my orders to the job site jerk. You know, this job site that I was going to, we were in trouble. We were being threatened to be kicked off the job site. And there were 75 employees there, their hot seat and equipment working six days a week. And we had nowhere for these people to go. So I had to do something. So the job site jerk was somebody that I had to manage. And I've always said this, that you've got to get your heart and grow yourself in such a place that you're carrying it out here. And when someone sticks a fork in it, you just go, did that make you feel better? No, it didn't. Okay, let's let's move on from there. So you can't get your feeling. You've got to make yourself, if you want to be a leader, sterner stuff and not get offended by every little thing that happens. Even if you get a good cussing, if you can't, you can't control the job site jerk. If, if you can't fire the guy or you can't reprimand the guy, he's not within your queue of leadership or realm of uh, um, influence. And you have to serve the job site jerk like I did. Man, the best thing for you to do is be the shining knight of the opposite of what he does. Because when you're approaching your guys and they know that you are not anything like him, they're more likely to follow you and listen to you. And then you became become this glaring example to everybody of what to do. The job site jerk is actually, Brian, I mean, it's awful, but he's one of the best tools you can actually utilize to show other people how to lead on a high level. I love that. Hey, I tell people my first superintendent, I learned a lot from the extremely technical savvy very few people skills so yeah. i learned a lot from this individual what to do and what not to do yeah so, as you allude to you could definitely use that i'm going to ask you one more question for this first episode and and hey for listeners you got to stay tuned there's more of this coming next next episode but getting in the trenches how important it is as a leader to get in the trenches with, with your team to, to fight with them every client that I have, one of the first things I ask the president is, 
how often are you in the dirt with your people? Now, I've I've worked with ad agencies. I've worked with chemicals companies, masonry companies. I've worked with civil construction and mining companies. You name it, I've done it. I've worked with people that were executives in the executive world, and, and they predominantly stayed in the office. But every president, I always ask them, how often are you in the dirt? And um, I was working with one of my current clients uh, a few weeks ago, and I said, hey, man, just get out there. Just start doing it once a week. And he said, I could not believe the difference in my guys when I showed up. He said, at first, someone thought someone was going to get fired. At first, everyone was like on their P's and Q's. He goes, but what even launched their respect for me further is when I went and started picking stuff up and working right alongside them. Let me tell you something. When you have a leader that is willing to go the extra mile with you, there's nothing that you can't do. And presidents, listen to me. Foreman, listen to me. Superintendents, listen to me. There are people on your job sites that look at you and consider you like a father. They look at you and consider you with respect. And when you come down and encourage them and lift them up and show them how to do things, your team wins. Not to get too long-winded, Brian, but I was part of a non-for-profit and we had a tug of war with almost a hundred and some people on this rope. It was epic. Ages raising from eight to like 50 years old, tons of people. And this one side kept losing, one side kept losing, and they lost four times in a row. And I said, we're going to do it one more time. And all the losing team just moaned and the winning team were like bloodthirsty. And then when I said go, I jumped over to the losing side and I started screaming and pulling on that rope as hard as I could. And we literally lifted the winning team off of the ground and drag them across the line. It was one of the most violent, awesome things I had ever seen. I mean, there were people with hair, you know, or uh, grass and mud in their hair and their teeth. And of course the winning team, <clears throat> they, were, they were like, okay, that was a fluke. And then the team that was always losing that had just won was like, oh, well, Michael was there. He made all the difference. So we did it five more times. And the team that I was on, we won all five times. But what that team did not know, I only pulled on that rope one time. The next four times, all I was doing was screaming and acting. I could have got an Oscar for it because it looked like I was pulling my guts out. And we won every single time. Why? Because those people realized that a leader was willing to pull at the rope with them. And it filled them with such hope, even though they had lost time and time again, all they needed, all they needed was somebody to believe with them and get in there with them and fight. And I'm telling you, we kept beating the other team time and time and time again. And that is the approach I take on every job site with every client. And I encourage you to do the same and your team will win. You don't have to be the smartest guy on the job site. You don't have to know it all. All you got to do is want to win and fill your people with fire and hope and they will win time and time again. Michael, what, what a great example. And as you say that, you don't need to know it all. You don't know it all. No one knows it all. And, and if you are a leader that thinks your people think you know it all, keep living in that crazy dream, right? <laughs> they, they know you don't know it all. Oh, so, so listen, if for our listeners, I'm going to put a link in the description for you to buy this book. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.